If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump, right? Today's episode is a live Q&A episode. People actually called in, asked us some fitness questions. We got to coach them live on air. By the way, if you ever want to send in a question for these episodes and you get on the show, too. send your question to live at mindpumpmedia.com. All right, so we open the episode with an intro portion. This is where we talk about current events. We talk about fitness and we bring up scientific studies. After that is when we got to the live portion. The intro portion was 45 minutes long. We opened up by talking about the calories in versus calories out debate. It's so interesting that they're debating this right now. Still debating And this. just confusing people. So we we cut through all the crap so that you get the right information. That's what we do here at Mind Pump. We cut then, crap. Then we talked about some cool shows on the TV, Squid Game, Clickbait, and Foundation. Those are the favorite ones we have right now. Then we talked about Elon Musk teasing second place billionaire in the world, Jeff Bezos. So this Yeah. Is, if you're not first, you're last, right? Awesome. Then we talked about, uh, well, Justin brought up a service that'll take your ashes and blast them out into space when you die. So yeah. very expensive burial. I'm doing it. Then we talked about our sponsor, Magic Spoon. This company makes cereal that tastes like the cereal you ate when you were a kid, except there's no sugar, it's grain-free, and it's high in protein. I mean, legit high in protein. By the way, this company has 20,000 five-star reviews, okay? So people love this product. And because you listen to Mind Pump, you get a discount. So go try them out. Head over to magicspoon.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for $5 off. Then we talked about another sponsor, Paleo Valley. They make beef sticks that are good. They're not dry. They're grass-fed, great macros. And they have a bone broth protein that is totally unprocessed. There's nothing added to it. No colors, no flavors, no nothing. It's the easiest to digest protein powder I've ever had my entire life, and they have many, many other products. Go check them out. Head over to paleovalley.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mindpump15 for 15% off. Then we talked about a company called Joby. This is a aerial taxi service. I hope this becomes a thing. Really cool. Yeah. Then we talked about a dude that got his dick stuck in something again. Always <laughs> It wasn't happens. me this time. <laughs> Interesting article. Was it Justin? And then we talked about travel, travel stories. Then we got to the live questions. Here's the first one. This guy called from California. His name is Josh. Uh, he's been working out a lot, having gut issues. His energy is low. Wanted some advice on how to bring up his energy, feel better, and get his gut health back in order. The next question was from Dalton, also from California. This person has been following our programs. Had a question specific to MAPS performance this is our athletic training program, so we kind of broke it down. If you're interested in learning more about MAPS performance, that's a good part of the episode for you to listen to. Then we talked to Lily, also from California. She's 49 years old, in menopause, has hyperthyroid issues, is following some of our programs, wanted some advice on how to build some more muscle and get her metabolism to respond positively. And then we talked to Pierre from Canada, this person is trying to build their calves. Unfortunately, the ball of his foot is hurting and wanted some advice on how he can remedy that so he can continue to train his calves. Also, all month long, we have a great program bundle that's available right now that's on sale. So check this out, right? So you can get MAPS Anabolic and the No BS six-pack formula, both of them combined for the price of $59.99. That's less 
than the price of one of those programs. But you get both, and you get lifetime access. This is a huge promotion only for the month of October. So if you're interested in learning more or you just want to sign up, head over to mapsoctober.com. Again, that's mapsoctober.com. Rock and roll! Hey, are you guys seeing the uh, the the calories in versus calories out like debate? Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. I saw. No. Um, is this a thing right now? I, why are they debating this? I made a comment on uh, Mark Bell's page. Mark posted a uh, clip of uh, Andrew Huberman. Am I saying Huberman. that right? Huberman. Yes. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Andrew Huberman, I think, was on a show, and I think uh, Greg Duchette, I think, is how you say the other guy's name. Uh, came on there kind of talking shit and then it caused like this I mean obviously Mark Bell was stirring the pot trying to see who would who and it was about the he made a comment about calories in versus calories out is not the you know is less important I guess because he didn't I don't think he said that it's not important at all but he said it's like it's not as important as everybody makes it out well, so I'm, what's his angle is it more like food quality is he going in that direction yeah. just, there's, there's more there's there more, was, to, more to the story well, than I'll, just the of course there's more to the out. story but what's happening I'm seeing on social media is that people are saying things like calories in versus calories out does it matter uh, which huh. is okay yes of course it does yeah. but here's the here's the reason why they say that is because they'll say things like well, your hormones will affect how much mm. fat you'll gain and how much fat you'll lose. Yes, because hormones affects the calories out, right? So if you take a man, let's say you get a man who has low testosterone, right? Clinically low testosterone, and you give him testosterone, and he does nothing else, he will get leaner. Yeah. But it's not because calories out and calories in doesn't matter, but rather because the higher levels of testosterone has changed the His calories output. out yeah. formula. It, yeah. it means they're burning more calories. Mm. The thing that people need to understand is this is a law of physics, right? So energy cannot be created right. nor destroyed, meaning I can't store, I can't create extra tissue out of thin air. I need energy to do this. And I can't burn body fat or burn tissue if I have tons of, of, of available calories, unless my body's not going to do anything with those calories, which that's not what happens. So calories in, in, in calories out, bottom line, that that is extremely important. But what you eat, your activity levels, your stress level affects that formula from a calories out and calories in perspective. And then, of course, the thing that we talk about all the time are the psychological effects uh, of of your diet, right? So if I tell a client, I, we used to do this all the time, I would tell a client, don't worry about how many calories you eat, just avoid heavily processed foods. And then they would be blown away that they would lose weight but the reason why they lost weight is because they, they without realizing, they ate, they ate less right. because heavily processed it's sort foods. of a trick. You ended up like reducing your calories and not even really realizing it. Exactly. I hate this conversation. I really do. It's really the two people that were debating in the situation, by the way, both are smart enough to know all of this. It's literally just taking something out of context so it creates yeah. Instagram drama yeah. and now two people that are- My are, nuance versus your nuance. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's just like neither one of those guys, I do not believe that Greg Duchette or uh, Andrew Huberman do not 
do not recognize both that both that it's mm-hmm. just that something was taken out of context in you know and maybe Andrew said this like short line that said calories in versus calorie out does not matter that much or something like yeah. that and it's like okay well what did he say before that what did he say after that like I know that guy is a very intelligent dude I think he understands the law of thermodynamics plenty well yeah you know and, so and who loses this whole time yeah the people the, <laughs> the consumer the, that's watching. what that's why I fucking hate yeah. these conversations because if you really care like if you're in the fitness space and and you started your Instagram podcast, YouTube, whatever your platform was with the intent of, I want to help people. I truly want to help people. Then these conversations are fucking terrible Yeah, mm-hmm. because the, it does not help people. You what it does, it confuses people and then divides us into camps. Oh, you're the camp that says calories in calories out doesn't count. And you're the camp that says that that's all that matters. And then mm-hmm. it's like, it's me versus you. And it's like, well, no, it's not really how it, it, it is. You know, yes, there's there's science to support, and that's true. But there's a lot of nuanced things that matter that people should also focus and think about. Mm-hmm. Maybe even focus on more. And I think that's the messaging really behind the the smart group of people that are saying calories in versus calories out don't matter. I don't think they mean it doesn't matter at all. I think it's like you guys are missing all these other things that are really important besides just focusing on your calories. Well, there are people, believe it or not, there are people that say it doesn't matter. It's about managing insulin because insulin encourages fat storage, but the fat storage can't happen if your calories out is higher than your calories in. It it doesn't work. I've had this conversation with clients. I actually had a long time ago. I remember I, it was, this was a terrible uh, job on my part, but I had this lady to tears because she kept telling me, no, this is, I'm gaining weight. This doesn't, and I knew she was lying on her nutrition. And I told her, I said, listen, if you're gaining body fat out of thin air, we need to take you to Stanford right now because you've broken the laws of physics. And this is just, the, this will be the greatest breakthrough of modern science. And she got really offended and she laughed. We need and that to was a, study you. That was a really bad, uh, you know, coaching moment on my part. But, you know, like, here's another example, right? Building muscle. Why do studies show that building muscle is one of the most effective ways to be lean? Is it because the process of building muscle burns a lot of calories? No. The process of build if you train to build muscle, you're going to burn less calories in that process than if you were doing cardio. Going for a run for an hour will burn more calories than any muscle building routine you'll do in an hour. That's an, that's just real muscle building routine. But why does the muscle building routine then work so effectively if it's all about calories in versus calories out. Because the process of building muscle, when you have that extra muscle, you start to permanently affect the calories outside of that equation. And your body just starts to burn more calories. That's why it works. Not because we're circumventing this law of thermodynamics. But I agree with you, Adam. It's like, why are we confused? It's like the people who are like, you don't have to do barbell squats. Oh, yes. Great example of yeah. another stupid argument. Yeah. Okay. Stop. Like, who are you talking to? Like, because so many people are, 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 are in fitness consumers and health consumers are watching this and they're just super confused. Well, I don't know. I read that it's about carbs. I read that it's about, you know, too much fat. And no, I, you know, calories, in, that doesn't matter. Someone says it was about hormones and, Meanwhile, people just gain body fat and get unhealthy and do the wrong stuff. So we got to remember who we're talking to, or at least if you communicate this, always preface it. You know, always say, okay, everybody, what I'm about to say is nuanced. And then you, you know, I'm I'm, going to explain it in that way so that the average consumer 
doesn't leave scratching their head going, all right, I give up. Was that the post you're referring to, or is it a different one? Well, it was. there's a lot of them going around right I now. Know, I know. There's more than one. I know I saw another one, too, but that was the one that jumped out at me that I saw, um, and I made the comment under there that, you know, Instagram is the new reality TV. Yeah. It's like you just do clickbait stuff to cause drama and arguments. We in just the can't get section. past this whole tribal two-party system for everything. <laughs> it is. That's just how I look at it. It's I mean, like, it's how you sell, right? Yeah, it's how, how you sell. You pit this person against this person. You know, there's no room for discussion well, between the nuance. It's like, like I just I, I can't anymore. Well, dude. think about it this way. I'll use entertainment, right? When entertainment had a a, a smaller bandwidth before the internet. If you made a movie, that was about the longest attention span you could, you, sh you could get. You, you There were miniseries on TV, but they weren't popular like movies. So a movie was like two hours long on average. You had to have a clear good guy and a clear bad guy. It yeah. wasn't until series where there was like 10 episodes, 15 episodes. It wasn't until that became popular where you could be really complex with your characters where you had like a Tony Soprano who was, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like... Because humans are complex, but we like to put things in categories where it's good, bad, easy. I know what to pick. I know. Isn't that funny? And like you find people's heroes and, you know, and they idolize like even sports heroes, anybody like, but you could uh, talk to, to one person who just loves them, but then the other person brings up some kind of dark past or some like, you know, thing that happened dude. with them and well, their family. And you're just like, dude, humans are complex beings. There's good, but there's also not all the way good. Like there's, all, there's well, it's really how the brain everybody. operates. Right. So that yes. means it's, it has to categorize that. Yeah, way. Exactly. It's either, it's, either your brain has two speeds it's either the fast or slow operating system that it decides and fast is when it's in danger and it needs to get something really really quick but something logical and slow goes the other side and so what we try to do is to fit it into a category really quick so people make quick decisions it's just it's just yeah. how evolution and you know what's funny is that no, nobody by the way is immune to this so I, I in fact i had an experience this weekend i was we were driving with the kids and a song comes on I remember the song it was it was like an edm song and ariana grande is one of the voices on there. Now, she has an incredible voice, very powerful, incredible octaves. Reminds me of like Mariah Carey, like really, really good. But she is also a moron. Like I, I cannot stand the stuff that she said. You let him, you let him get away with that. I was like, <laughs> just, no, you just feeling nice today or yeah, what? Yeah. What was that right there? Hey, <laughs> hey. Well, no, you know what? Aren't you happy though? I continued because now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep hey, going. Listen, she's very talented as an Break artist. Break it down. Yeah. But she's an idiot. And when she says stuff, she's. A, and so what happens to me, because I, I recognize this, because I know some of the stupid stuff that she said, mm -hmm. when I hear a song and you I hear what's her, like her, I can't help but oh, be like, yeah, oh, I know, you know? Right? And I was, I was actually talking about this with my kids. I'm like, you know, it's really hard to just listen to the music and appreciate it because I know this other stuff about her now, which, what, what does that change? It's still mm. the same voice. It's still the same music. Yeah, yeah. It, was su it was super hilarious. I mean, it's just, and it's getting faster and faster. Look at the way, like, you have to market market now. Like, you know, we're, we're getting ready to do some stuff with, like, YouTube and things like that, and you have to think about the first, like, three seconds. The time that it takes someone to reach to fast-forward your thing, you've got to say something or do something compelling enough to get them to yeah. go, oh, okay, let me listen. It's just getting crazier, man. It's Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's the self-selection bias, right? It's like pulling somebody out of uh, whatever they're looking at on their phone, their TV. Everything is completely directed mm -hmm. towards their interests and that's it yeah. so you don't get challenged ever anymore and and that's what we're dealing with with people like they don't if, if you get challenged that means you're evil yeah you know like oh no well that's evil stuff yeah. <laughs> hey, okay 
Hey, speaking of like challenging all that stuff, so have you guys, I'm sure you guys have heard of Squid Game by now. I brought it up on a previous episode. You guys yeah, made yeah. fun of me. It's yeah. viral. Oh, yeah. no. My yeah. my oldest was like, Everyone Dude, I want to watch right Squid now. Game. I'm like, I don't know. I don't not, know if it's appropriate for you. No, it's not. Okay. It is not appropriate for I tried her. to get into it. And just, bad timing for me. I'm going to try again because- it, I mean, you have to read. Yeah. Is that sort of- <laughs> That was too much at nighttime. Uh, right? uh, subtitle. Uh, I'm like, oh, no, I'm high. Gives I you a headache. I watch TV so I don't have to read. No, it's really good. You know, those Korean- Korean movies, they, they put out some pretty twisted stuff, but I, I'm on like episode. Yeah. Is it like Parasite? You say you uh, you said that earlier. So like, Parasite was good, but I hated the way it ended. It was so dark. It oh, made I me upset. It. Oh, yeah. It was it made so me different. I think I liked it because it's so different. Yeah. But but Squid Game is very clever, very interesting. You do have to suspend a little bit of reality because you think like, why would this even? Hmm. But it's really good. And my son's been watching it. So all the kids are loving it, apparently. Yeah. My daughter's in sixth grade. It's getting a lot and of attention. And she's like, my friend said I should watch this. I'm like, excuse me? No, sure. you should not be watching uh, this movie. Now, is it designed... Okay, so it's a series, right? Yes. And is it kind of like what I told you guys about what I'm noticing with... I, I don't know if I brought this up on air, but I know off air we talked about this. And you brought this up a long time ago about how media is changing, how, you know, just a decade or so ago, like you would never sit and listen or watch something for three and a half hours, like Joe Rogan on a podcast yeah. or like that. But we have this long form of media that's starting to happen. I even think that w the future of movies are going to look really different. I think movies are going to become eight hour movies. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And, and this clickbait was an example of that. It was like an, it literally was like a eight to 10 hour movie. Oh yeah. You kept telling that, us that was that. done in like series. Mm -hmm. So I don't, believe that there's a, a season two or another another part that's coming to it it felt uh -huh. like it was it was it ended but it felt like it was this long and it's it's really smart because if all they have to do is you know it, writers that are i'm sure like working for netflix are talented like this where they write it in this way where like every hour is a cliffhanger yeah mm -hmm. so then i i feel like oh my god one more i gotta watch one more and then you i've noticed that yeah with these series even the foundation that new one on on apple uh, love it, by the way, so far. It's really good. But uh, they totally had that hook, that you know, that cliffhanger at the end, especially episode two. And we're just like, are you serious? Yeah. It's almost like what they figured out with Game of Thrones was we're just going to totally spin you for a loop and you're going to have to come back to see what the hell, you know, we put together after yeah. that. No, well, that's that's no, but see with Squid Game, because now because of the way media is now, I don't that would have never reached the popularity that it has now. I mean, it's a Korean film subtitled like when would you do you guys remember the last well, time and i think half of it is what yeah. i'm saying is that okay so what makes like clickbait what makes game of thrones well actually game of thrones was uh separate which by the way though it was kind of hard to follow because it was a weekly thing like partly why I, I think it's okay is because and they can take so many turns and twists and it can have so many plots going at one time it's because you're like binging it binging it one uh -huh. after another like yeah. that where you're consistent yeah in the past when you have this week between episodes sometimes it's really hard and you have to do like, like what I forget where we're at and it happened to me watching Game of Thrones by the way because it was broken up by the week like where I had to wait I'd be like oh I know like I went back and watched and it was so much better when you like can watch them like back yeah. Yes, back back. because there's yeah. so many, there's so many things. Yeah, there's so many things going on, but that fits really well for binge TV, right? Because you can totally. just watch the whole thing and you're not going to totally. lose track. Well, you know, the writer, I think it was the writer, or the creator of Squid Game, wrote it and for ten years was turned down by every studio. 
Oh really? wow! So he's had that. He had that written. In How the dome. wild is that? Something that got turned down for that long, and now it's like exploded. a viral, a viral. Uh, wow! What a great story, though, right? I, I, like that's a great story well, to share with your kids when they're trying and trying yeah. and trying. Especially like, if it's something new, I think that's the really hard part. Is if it's unproven, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of studios don't want to touch something that's not going to make them immediate box office money. And so to have anything original these days is really difficult to push through. But it's so appreciated appreciated when you actually see. Yeah, something I original. see. I love, of course. You know, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my whole working career, and I love hearing stories like that because that's, I think, the entrepreneur spirit, right? Is that just keep trying? Yeah. Like uh, Colonel Sanders. You guys have heard his story, right? How long he tried to get KFC created and got turned down. There's a lot of those uh, those stories of these entrepreneurs that just got hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered. And, you know, they're household names now. Yeah. yeah but it took Mr. Them Goodyear died poor, I believe. I'm his invention. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tire, yeah, yeah. He, he died a Yeah, poor. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm not trying to work my ass That's crazy, right? Side. It happens. Like yeah. a lifetime of building. And then, I mean, God, who doesn't know about Goodyear tires today? You know, yeah. how crazy is that? Well, speaking of people right. like that, Tesla, obviously, the, obviously the company Tesla named after, you know, Nikola Tesla, who later on, you know, he, didn't he die like broke and whatever right for his stuff speaking of tesla and elon musk did you guys okay you guys know how him and jeff bezos have a bit of a rivalry oh yeah it's all okay. competitive did you hear that so i guess they always move one of they always like one will be on top of the other in the rankings and then the other one was in of terms money. of being the world's richest yeah, yeah. man right so musk now world's richest man so did you hear what he's doing mm -mm. he's sending a huge number two sculpture and a silver medal. No, he's Jeff not. Yes, he is. No, he's yeah, not. Yeah, he is, dude. God, I like him, dude. Really? <laughs> yes. Is he really doing that? Yeah. I did not see this. God. Anywhere. See, that's how I would be. I he love that. He's it to Bezos? Yeah, like, dude. Like, as a gift? Yeah. Oh, like, hey, congratulations. Bro. bro, can I tell you something that's right now? That's so funny. If I was at that level yeah. and I got second place... I would appreciate the guy first place fucking with me like Dude, that. Dude, you gotta have fun with it. Come I would on. think it was so awesome. I'd be like, this motherfucker, I'm gonna get him back. You know what I mean? I'd do no something like that. No way. I can't believe I didn't read this anymore. Isn't that hilarious? This yes. Really Doug, you gotta pull me up an article. I wanna see this. I did not know that. Did I, that just come out recently? Yeah. So, oh, that's so great. I know. So I guess they have this rivalry. And obviously, because the space race happened. And so I didn't know that they had, like, obviously, people who are writers and stuff like that, I think they try and write that. But do they actually truly have one themselves? Yeah. Look, that's his. Look at that's literally Elon's like quote. I'm sending a giant statue of the digital two to to Jeffrey B along with a silver medal. <laughs> I like how he called him Jeffrey, Jeffrey B. B. <laughs> hey, I'm team I'm team Musk uh, all the dude, way. That's both, so funny. Yeah, both both obviously you know crazy and Jew, you know just crazy inventors, crazy entrepreneurs. I saw something interesting. Musk is my my. I'm on his team. There was um, there's a service out there I had never heard of before that actually will take your remains, so your ashes, and and like rocket you into space. Wow! So it just rockets your ashes, and they'll just disperse them out there in space. So I was like, dude, that is what I'm doing. That is really cool. How you want to be alone in space? Just <laughs> what if you hey, blast my dust out in the space, what dude? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to be panspermied on top of another planet, know. dude. Hey, what if what if like an alien spacecraft right? picks up your DNA yeah. and then clones you, and then we get attacked by like a million Justins? <laughs> Where did they get this, dude? Yeah, oh my God. as long as it makes for some awesome dude, science fiction. I was going to say, there's a follow up yeah. to your book right there, hundred uh, percent. But I guess the um, uh, the creator of Star Trek was one of those, and. 
that they had blasted out in the space. Oh, so was I right about that foundation? Is it, it was it a Lucas Films? It was done in Lucas Films? I think, you? yeah, I think in terms of producing it, yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Lucas might have films might be a part of that in I their th- studio. Yeah, I thought just so. because the. Yeah, the quality in it is is really stellar so far. I'm like, and they're super using a, a lot of the same vocabulary, right? I, I feel like they're. I thought I heard oh, Empire yeah. and some of the other. Well, stuff. I mean, Empire. They took you know. That's just like because there's empires that already exist. Like oh, like, the way they used it, I felt like it was very Star Wars esque. Well, because you have Empire, you have Dawn, and then you have uh, Dusk. I think is the other one. And it's interesting because mm. they're like. It's it's this this line of the same ruler, and so he just basically gets cloned, and he grows up. He's like a little kid, and then he's the ruler currently, and then he's the old version of himself, and they all exist together. And then oh, the wow. old guy dies. You know, the young one, you know, replaces the empire. The empire guy replaces, you know, the old guy. It's like this can, cyclical thing. Can I tell you what annoys me about this? Hmm. That I have to pay for another service to watch this. Yeah, it is. You know, oh, you, that's you the see, unfortunate part. Have you seen but... the article Jackie sent over about the average yes. person on on streaming? How then, funny okay, is that? Here's what's funny that about this. Fucking that. funny. Here's what's because people are like, oh, I thought technology was going to make us save money. Okay, you got to compare apples to apples. We had 30 channels before. Yeah. It cost you nothing to have 30 well, channels. Well, you now. could, but again, we're greedy. Yeah, the, like I want more. The average shows. person spends 267 dollars. On streaming entertainment services, and you, but you know what? The irony of it is, I bet you, ninety percent of the people that switched, you know, cut cut the cable, as mm-hmm. they say, right, did it to save money. Yeah, because it was I did that back originally. back when it first, when streaming first started. Yeah, because it was one hundred fifty bucks for satellite usually. Yeah, it was, it was around. Well, I was paying like two hundred something for. Yeah, uh, I was I was yeah, the two hundred. I actually reduced it substantially, mm-hmm. but now I'm. Getting close. Yeah, yeah no, I was gonna say. I haven't. Up. I actually haven't gone and like tallied up all of them, and we, we could kind of do it quickly. I, I mean, I have Hulu, I have Netflix, I have HBO, I have Showtime, I have Epics, I have yeah, you have ESPN. Well, you have all the things. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. I have like any what, what they get you. It's like oh, it's only four ninety nine more. Uh-huh. Oh, that's only twenty two ninety nine. Like I think I only pay for like one or two of them that are like thirty something and above. The rest are like four ninety nine ads. And yeah, before, but isn't that for like the first six months? And then no, no, like oh, well, some like so. I think like my ESPN app, I want to say, is either four ninety nine or six ninety nine mm-hmm. a month. Uh, my Epics, I think, is nine ninety a month. Same thing with HBO. See, and this is what I appreciate about my wife, right? Because she grew up without a lot of money, and so she's very she's very frugal with that kind of stuff. So what she did is she's she's so funny. She's like, hey, hey, honey, I signed up for there's this. I guess there's this this channel called Magnolia, and they do like home renovations and whatever. Pretty cool. She's like, I signed up for it, and I get a week for free trial. I'll be able to finish the whole series in a week, and then I'll cancel. <laughs> I'm like, babe, you're turning me on right now. Tell me more about all this Canceled. free stuff that you're getting. Yeah, totally. She totally did that too. And they're, br- I mean, they're they're brilliant because they know that they market, and there's there's all there's always a percentage of people nobody that will, cancels that will actually do it. But like the the bulk of people will continue on and be more like an asshole like me and forget, and then no, like months later, well, like, oh, I'm still paying. I'm for still that. here. Hey, so speaking of service and all that stuff. Did you guys see how many five-star reviews Magic Spoon has already? I saw Doug oh, looking dude. at that. Twenty Over 20,000 five-star reviews yeah. Yeah. for Magic Spoon. Their average on reviews. They haven't been around a whole long time. No. Their average is at over 4.8, which is funny because there's a couple people, okay, just a couple people in our forum that I've seen 
put a negative comment about Magic Spoon, I always fucking go ballistic. I'm like, dude, how can you talk shit about that cereal? It doesn't taste exactly like I know. Flakes. It's like, yeah, it doesn't have the other 40 chemicals <laughs> that they ha- they're allowed to use yeah. to make like that for a healthy cereal no to taste sugar that amazing. protein in there. Come oh, on, guy. The I, only not, and I'll be straight, I mean, I'm truthful about every partner we work with, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit when I think something's shitty, it, it sticks to your teeth. I mean, that's part of it. That's the protein. Yeah, it sticks to your teeth a little bit. And and that can be like annoying. But when you know how healthy it is and how many grams of protein I'm getting in a serving, real easy to look past that. Yeah, it's the one one sponsor that I cannot use on a regular basis because I can't have dairy, which is really FOMO. You you know how frustrated I am about that? It's so annoying. Luckily, we have other partners that, well, I use everything that our partners send us. You know what I'm I'm really liking a lot is the Paleo Valley uh, bone broth. I can take. I seen you again this morning. I can take hour. so much of that protein and have zero negative effect. Now, are you on my doing gut. that because I see you take that almost every day here now? Oh, I'll take it three, mm-hmm. four times a day because oh, it's like water in terms of how it affects my gut. I oh. can't do that even with plant protein sometimes if I push too hard. And you just drink it straight, or are you like pouring it in like soups or like? No, uh, no, just in water. Yeah. There's nothing in there. It's literally bone broth. There's no flavor, no color, no nothing. It's just bone broth, protein. Oh, wow. And so I can jack my protein up and have... I actually still have... I don't think I've even used their their bone broth protein. I, I'm in love with their beef sticks. There's, there's, my uh, kids like the meat I, sticks. The beef sticks are... I mean, if... if I mean, they so did, many good flavors. I, I know you're talking about their protein and stuff like that, but I, I've had so many different healthy beef sticks, grass-fed beef sticks, and nothing no. compares to theirs. No, I've had them all. Yeah. I've had them all because when I go to the grocery store on a road trip, that's always where I reach for at the gas station or whatever Whole Foods I'm. And none of them yeah, taste. It doesn't even make sense how good it tastes because all the other grass-fed ones I have are all either tough or their flavor sucks, yeah. like nothing like yeah. that. So hey, speaking of interesting companies, have you guys, I, I think I'm pronouncing this right, have you guys heard of the company, I think it's Joby, J-O-B-Y? Joby? Maybe Doug can look this up. Have you guys heard of this company? No, so you can invest. Kids company? Or? No. So oh. you can invest in this company on, uh, on, the, on the market if you want. It's Joby Aviation, okay? Hmm. Now, the, the, now, here's what's crazy, by the way. An analyst just gave it a huge uh, rating because it's only $10 as of the recording of this. I think $10 a share. This is going to be a, a air taxi company. Check this uh, out. This uh, is going to be an air taxi. Sick. It's very quiet. It's the only air taxi company that is FAA approved. It's and like a huge drone, bro. And they're so it's the only one, the only one that's to, that's signed with the FAA, I believe. Mm-hmm. They have, I think, over a thousand test flights. So any other company that would want to compete with this would have to go through all that just to get there. So they're super like ahead of everybody. But this is like a they're saying that this is potentially a realistic thing that you'll literally be able to take. I could see that an air taxi from San Francisco to L.A. And get there in like two hours instead yeah. of your normal four or now, five hours. Now, is it just going to start by landing on like helicopter pads uh, in terms of in the city or like I how think they they'll manage that? I, I, I think that this, because of the way that how small it is, that you can land in, I think they'll have to have designated areas, like but a you don't need- a parking lot or something? You don't need like big spaces to land. Yeah. Dude, how wild That's is this? Be, so what's your, it's, it's got to start off at like really expensive, right? Because there's no way that we could have- as many Ubers running around in 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 the sky like that, going to like you just said from here to San Francisco, right? Yeah. So a forty five minute car commute. I well, don't know to how- manage the airspace too. Like that's going to be like challenging as hell. It doesn't fly very high. 
So I don't think it will get into normal airspace. But you're right. right. But if there's if it's competitive with you yeah. know eventually you get well, a bunch in there. Yeah, and, imagine a hundred of them and, heading yeah. to San Francisco. Now here's the thing with the cost. Okay, let's just think of this. Right. Imagine then they, they go through the process. There's a lot of regulations they have to go through, but so far they're doing pretty good. Now they get approval. Now they can operate. Right. Mm -hmm. I I would bet you so much money that they'd get so many investors to invest them and they would run in the red for I like five years. I want this to exist, dude. This looks awesome. I bet you no, they would run in the red. Imagine how much that would like start to relieve traffic on the road too. Yeah. So just being able to have that in, in, as a, an option, you would think that that would be... Now, I do I do agree with you. I think it'll be more expensive than, has to be. than an Uber. However, I bet you they're going to want to run in the red for... I bet you that's going to be part of their business plan. Like We're not going to try and make any money for the first five years, so it'll probably be a lot cheaper than you think and I bet you it'll be cheaper than a plane ticket. Yeah. yeah, faster and, and faster and cheaper. Well, yeah, I, I assume you're not going to go as far as you would. Like. Yeah, I would imagine that it would be more used, like what you just said. Like it'd be great. More metropolitan. I mean, coming like from 80. San Jose to San Francisco, anytime you know between six a.m. and nine a.m. Yeah, take an hour and, and a half, between, two hours. Yeah, that's a that's a two hour commute because of traffic. And if you could hop on this, and on if it wasn't ridiculously priced i would do it all the time yeah. i would do that instead i would i would never drive to that i wonder then if you get your pilot's license or whatever if you, if you, you could have like a, like a private one yourself well so it's ride sharing so i think that's it i think what they're going to have is people who have their licenses yeah who are going to be contracting oh interesting how sick yeah dude that's oh, going to open up a whole i think i think that's what so it's joby economy. is a i've never even heard of this company how do they wow. even get the capital to to Build something well, so the reason why I know about this is so you guys know how my cousins and my I have a group I have a text group with with my cousins and a couple friends and they're all in they're all investment people I'm like the only one in my family that isn't into investments I got into fitness right I wanted the big money yeah but anyway um, but they sent this to me because or to into the group because an analyst just gave it a, a, a much higher rating because it's only ten dollars a share it's still risky. But I read the article and I kind of looked into it. And I'm like, oh shit, this might be no, that's crazy. Super cool. But this opens up a whole nother world of of weirdness. Like, I don't know. Like, you could be. Like, are you gonna? Are you people gonna smuggle things into other places? Like, what's the deal with you know? This could open up a whole new can of worms. Very I see. A, I see a company like Uber buying a company like this. So right? do I. Let mm -hmm. them get the technology up and running, prove it, get all the stuff they need to. Absolutely. And then like the big company comes in and buys absolutely them. like they're. They're too small, as far as I know, small of a company for them to actually be the ones. Now, here's the one downside, right? If an Uber crashes, yeah. nobody cares. Nobody reads about it. Yeah. I'm just, Ubers crash all the time. Do these right? things could crash and fall in your house? Yeah. Well, if one of these crashes, it's big news and no one's going to want to take one. Just yeah, one, right? One crash. Oh my God, you know, new flying taxi crashed. Killed two people. Pfft, nobody's gonna want to take them anymore. I mean, you said they've done a thousand flights, right? Is that what mm -hmm. you said already? Test flights, yeah. So I mean, that's a that's a lot. And of it's pure. It's a hundred percent electric, so there's no emissions. Supposed to be good for the environment. Wow. All that stuff probably doesn't make a whole lot of sound. Well, because that would be another issue. No, no, they made him quiet. Here's the other thing, right? So right now there's a pilot. If this gets approved and it starts working, it's only a matter of time before they become automatic or you know self driving. Right. This could this think about how this would change the landscape in terms of where people buy their homes, where mm -hmm. people live. All of a sudden, all these super remote, and then you just like fly into office. Well, look, okay, we live in the Bay Area. We live in like you know the San Jose area. 
if you go over the hill to the Santa Cruz area, there's some gorgeous places to live there. One of the reasons why a lot of people don't buy there is because there's one freeway yep. basically to get there. And it's people super congested. And people on that yeah. side of the hill like that because they don't want a bunch of people moving over there. Yeah. That'll change. All of a sudden, I'm like, shit, I'll live near the over there because right. it's easy for me to take this flying taxi or whatever. God, what we do you don't want your kind. Yeah. <laughs> less, less than 10 years? What do you think? Flying? No, I think. Well, yes, with pilots, yes, I think less. Oh, than so what do you, and you think we're going to see uh, automated cars before the flying? I do. You'll go. You think so? Yeah, I do. Oh, see, there's so much more red tape for flying than there is for. You know flying. what though? But I feel like it, it would be there'd be yeah, an easier transition. Demand. I feel like there'd be an easier transition because there's not there's not a bunch of competition in the air. Whereas you're going to have this huge. You still have a human cars. It. Yeah, you're going to have when we decide to go to. There's already self driving cars. Doesn't Pizza Hut or one of those pizza places already have a, a automated delivery uh, yeah, car? Yeah, they do. They they did roll that out. It's already happening. Yeah, well, kind of, right? I mean, yeah, you have like a, it's pizzas, like a little pizza people. go-kart. We're going to have like dishwashing robots and stuff. Got to go there. <laughs> Got to go there. <laughs> anyway, hilarious. Uh, you guys want to hear some, uh, some, some ridiculous news? Yeah. How come whenever there's like, create, like somebody did something bad to their genitals, it's always a dude? Oh, what? yeah. Every time I read oh. an article yeah. about something like that, it's always a person. So you ready for this? Every mm -hmm. time. So like, there's a case report of a man who got his penis stuck inside a plastic bottle. You ready for this? Mm. <laughs> for two months. Two, for two months? months? Two months. He just didn't want to go to the doctor and didn't like go, explain yeah. his, his story? Did not go to the doctor, and then, of course, it got swollen and all that stuff. And uh, Wait, wait, wait. So, okay, so he was stuck in it, but did he, like, was he able to, like, pee and, like, what, like... Yeah, that Explain doesn't make sense. I have no idea. Oh, maybe he cut a hole at the other end. Yeah, that's what I mean. They like cut part of the hole off, but didn't what, kind keep of, going. what kind of bottle are we talking about here? Like uh, a wide mouth bottle or like a little Coca Cola? <laughs> like, Adam wants to know how big his is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, hey, I'm trying could, to get a, I could fit it in there. I'm, try, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get a Watch mental it. picture cell. Yeah. Was it a wide mouth bottle? Or? Yeah. No, but a Snapple bottle? It's oh, funny because yeah. every time, because you know, it's funny. Those There was like a few episodes ago, right? There was like a couple articles that were like this. So now people are sending me articles of, and it's always a man. There's I never oh, read yeah. an article about a woman. Doing something crazy to herself. It's always a dude gets something stuck up his butt. Same thing. Yeah, I was gonna say in the ER. Like I remember talking to some surgeons, and they're just always like uh, telling hilarious stories about how people slipped and fell and yeah. landed on you know like a uh, hot like a Hot Wheels car. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. weird. Well, men are just less uh, risk adverse. You know what I'm saying? Like we're willing to take those crazy. I like those how you make it sound like a good thing. Yeah, yeah. we're just innovators. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the reason. <laughs> somebody, somebody had to figure out if you step. could actually put it in a bottle or not. Now yeah. we. No, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah, look at that. This, uh, Doug brought up an article talking about it. He, he, he called it a masturbation game. Did he win? I don't know. What was, <laughs> what was the goal of the game? The man started to rot after he got Ooh. it stuck. In the I didn't get that part. Well, I mean, I guess it would, right? You cut it off that long. Oh, uh, yeah. Circulation. Would, yeah. 45 year old. Where's he at? Point? He's Nepal. a 45 year old man. Where? In Nepal. Oh. Okay. Where's that at? Nepal? Yeah. It's uh, isn't that it's over that north of India? Yeah, thanks, Doug. Doug knows Nepalese the world people. stuff. Yeah, he yeah. just knows the world very. The well. Himalayas, yeah. right near yeah. that. Yeah. He's traveled the most, I would say, right, Doug? You've probably traveled. Probably the most. true. How yeah. many countries have you been to? Maybe thirty. Really? Yeah. You might be you. You might be Jessica. She's been to a lot because she traveled with Cirque. So mm. you might actually have her beer. Thirty, 30 countries? countries, huh? Yeah. What's wow. the crazy? What's the weirdest place you ever been to? Yeah. Oh boy. And define weird for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've been to some third world countries. Have you really? Yeah. Have like, you been to India? 
Uh, no. I've okay. been to like Cambodia. And okay. Least favorite. The least favorite country. Yeah, like which one did you like? I'll never go back there again. Hmm. hmm. That's a good question. It's all California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The United States. No. Uh, boy, that's a good question. I really don't know the answer to that. No? I 30 countries? It- you can't think of one that was shitty? You Come know, on. Doug. Doug is super positive. Yeah, he's under all the bus. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I found something interesting anywhere I've gone. You know, the truly, the countries I'm least interested in traveling to oftentimes or the more modern ones. Like the common ones. The common ones. The ones that people travel yeah, to all the time. Yeah, I like more uh, variety, like different cultures, different languages, you know, unusual things. See, so like Adam likes, you know, nice hotels. Nice mattresses. People who speak English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite like the opposite a, at times, nice, even though I can like enjoy nice that as well. mattress, good dining. Fluffy pillows. So I'm yeah, like, servants, I was yeah, like Adam. therapist that comes <laughs> yeah. to your room. I was very much like Adam until yeah. I got convinced by, by my wife to go to Thailand and go to one of those like off islands or whatever in Thailand. And Thailand's not even that crazy, but to me it was. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And what happens? I get the worst food poisoning in my entire life and almost I had a hundred. That's what you get for not sticking with my, my theory. I'm like, babe, mm. I told you we should have gone to freaking Maui. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been fine. Yeah, you'd be safe Maui. there. I wouldn't almost die. Lava flows. Yeah. yeah anyway. You know, I guess I I have to I would have to go with the right person with the right mindset to, to I think to enjoy that stuff. Like I hated Peru and some people love Peru. I hate it because it was. It's like I didn't know that it was like a third world country where we were at, and it was extremely poor. Food was amazing. I heard but, they have really good food. Yeah, the food was the food was really really good. Um, but then there just wasn't much Dude, much to do. I had a buddy that the way he liked to travel was he would literally buy a ticket to go somewhere like that, like mm-hmm. he'd go to Peru or he'd go to Cambodia, with no plans. Yeah, mm-hmm. he would land. I know people that do that. He'd get off the plane and then he would just talk to people. And one time he got off and he got this guy to give him a ride to a village. He ended up staying at the village the whole time. And what do you what do you call those companies that are they're really popular now? I forget what they're called, but you basically fill fill out a profile and you tell them like this is my budget. I heard about this. These are the things uh, you just uh, show up and they send you. Yes, they like want. you don't know. You, you find out like the like the morning of where you're going. Right. Like they <laughs> they keep it like a complete surprise the entire they time. Call it Squid Game, I think. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's an actual name for those companies, but they they're like they get, they've been getting more and more popular. Now you know what's brilliant about that business model is that these companies get all your information and then yeah. they, they you probably already pay yeah. so they probably charge you and they go they just right. find cheap flights what, yeah. like, you what's know, the some... what's the least expensive <laughs> thing exotic. that fits the criteria yeah. that we could yeah. totally do we have till the last day no I think it doesn't yeah. work that way and I think they ask you like that too like as far as like I mean you have to put your budget in there that you want to be in and if you want you know third world country type of thing cult, find more culture stuff or do you want to be pampered like those are all part of the questionnaire for them to decide kind of where you go and are you looking it up right now, Doug? Yeah, pack up and go. Yeah, that's a, that's mm. one of them. I've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah I, I was. Uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to someone about raising your kids and you know raising them where they're privileged, right? They have everything they want, everything they need. They go to good schools, and the conversation was like, how do I how do I have give them adversity? Because what I what I'm afraid of is that they go out into the real world and they're somewhat spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like, like my, I was talking to my kid, like my kids, my son is in a junior in high school. He's never seen a fist fight in real life in his entire life. Never. By the time I was a junior, I'd probably seen a hundred and I'd been in half of them myself. And now is that a good thing? Not necessarily, but the, the challenge of it, I think you learn from that, that kind of stuff. Cause what's going to happen as an adult when he's out and something happens in front of him, is he going to even know what, how to handle himself? Right. So I was talking to this friend of mine 
And they said, what studies show having your kids volunteer and go overseas to places like, you know, third world countries where they're building houses or whatever. And it teaches them perspective. Mm -hmm. They see like a new world in front of them and go, okay, things are very different in other places. Isn't that what uh, Habitat for Humanity is? Isn't that, aren't they, don't, don't they do I'm that? I'm not familiar, but. Really? No. Oh. Yeah, they build houses in yeah, third world countries. That's what, they, that's what they do though. And, and mm -hmm. you can volunteer to do that, right? Right. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the secular version of like a church mission, right? Because mm -hmm. church mission, all churches I know do that. They too. do that. Yeah. Did like you guys mission. ever do anything like that? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, we did. I did a, we did a Mexico trip one time. I'm trying to, I feel like we've done that a few really? times. Yeah. And you yeah. went and we built stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's, I, and I think it's incredible. I think that, I think I, I was already poor enough though. I didn't need to go fucking somewhere <laughs> poor. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, personally for me, like, came to your house. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm going to stay I did not grow up yeah. like your son. Like, I'd seen plenty of fist fights. I've seen plenty of electricity out. I've seen, I've seen, oh I've seen plenty of that. You know, my, you know what my parents did? I'm like, see, there's a lot worse out here. That's what that yeah. was for me. That's how my, that's how my parents yeah. did it. They'd At least like, you have electricity. Yeah, sometimes. exactly. See, look, they're not even eating. You got food yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I get it. We are privileged. That was yeah. the, I think that was the message Where I was Where did you go, Justin? Uh, yeah, we went down to Mexico, Haiti. Uh, Mexico... It was interesting because we stayed at this place and then like right next to us was this like trench, like this canal. And, uh, you know, in the middle of the day when, you know, the sun started to come up and like everything started to heat up, you found out that like that's where all the sewage was. Oh. And so it was just like, oh, it was coming in. And that was like the wake up call was like, you know, like, so it was, it was gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. It was a gnarly thing, but we built uh, like two houses there. And so I was on the team that was like part of that. So wow. yeah, cool. for, for me, I never did anything like that, but because I'm one step removed from my parents that are immigrants, you know, that I would hear stories. And when I would go visit, I remember my grandmother's house was like hundreds of years old. And I remember talking to my grandfather and he's like, oh yeah, when, you know, he was explaining his living situation. And when they, when he was a kid, they lived in one, it was one room, but it was like cement, right? So one room and it was him and his seven siblings, his mom and his dad. And the donkey, the donkey, they'd bring him inside and they'd put a sheet between the, that's how they did, broke up the rooms. And he's explaining to me, like, I'm like, you know, what about bathrooms? He laughs like bathrooms. We had, we had to go outside over here. And when I was, you know, 12, I would go leave for four days and find ways to make money to bring back. So the stories would help me, you know, kind of put things in perspective, but yeah, yeah. my kids have no, I mean, my stories to my kids are like dumb. Like, Hey, when so I was is your kid, son going to do something like that? Do you, yeah. you have plans for him to do something like that? Yeah. I think I want to, there's his senior year. I think I'd like to send him somewhere. It's a good idea to I do think. something like yeah. that. Yeah. I kind of just have give him, him more perspective. Yeah, have him get in a fist fight or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just you gotta Face do it some once, kid to dude. bully him. <laughs> fight hey, club. Drive up to some like to some like hard looking kid. <laughs> yell something out the window. Push him out the car. Yeah. <laughs> You'll Good learn, luck, son. Yeah. Pick yeah. him up later. Yeah. Oh, there's something to be said though about that. I tell you, like you, you see enough fights, it's cool. You go like, man, you, you just can't say anything. I feel like the generation now feels like you could just mouth off and say whatever online oh, and shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, the stuff you see people say and do like on oh in real life, it's, it's upsetting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't do face. that. You can't do yeah. that in real life. Real life, you like, don't know if that other dude's crazy. No. You know what I'm saying? He's not playing with a full deck. He could potentially hit you with a bat upside yeah. the head. Also, I think you learn how to read a room or read energy. Like uh, I think when you're around a lot of that, I you, you know you could be at a bar or somewhere and you could tell. Like, uh, we need to go. I could tell that there's you know some stuff happening yeah, or it's going to happen soon, which I think is a you know very important skill. Hey, real quick, I hope you're enjoying the show. Look, if you want to learn more about how to build muscle, burn body fat, improve your health, 
head over to mindpumpfree.com. We have a lot of free giveaways that can help you get the body that you want and get the health that you want and the performance that you want. Again, it's mindpumpfree.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. Our first caller is Josh from California. What's up, Josh? How can we help you? Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, shout out to Jerry for coordinating. Uh, yeah, Jerry. My, uh, my, my question is all around adjusting calories and training while working through an elimination diet. Uh, a bit of background, a regular lifter for about 10 years now. Um, the entire time until about 2019, I was a 60 to 80 mile a week runner as well as seven days in week in the gym uh 2007 to 2017 i was also a daily smoker so throw that in there yeah. uh, the last 12 18 months uh training much more of a bodybuilding style high reps low rest periods chasing the burn chasing the pump uh using a mix of split and aesthetic uh i moved in june uh made the switch over to power lift shortly after that uh been way too long in that high rep phase, jumping down to lower rep. I'm actually starting week four of phase two right now. Uh, been eating fairly consistently around maintenance, 2,000, calories a day. Um, and then for the last year, I've also been dealing with a lot of like gut issues, uh, inflammation, uh, bloating, discomfort. I finally hit a breaking point. I reached out to a friend of mine who's a DO. Uh, running a lot of tests, uh, did some blood work, did some food insensitivity and intolerance testing. Um, also did some heavy metal testing uh, based on the history of smoking and the high levels of heavy metals in the water where I used to live. Uh, so the first thing she's having me doing is work through an elimination diet. Uh, I already eat a diet very heavy in whole foods, lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of animal protein little to no processed foods, uh, no sugary drinks, water and coffee is pretty much it. Uh, so taking all that into consideration, what would you suggest as far as adjusting calories and adjusting training while working through an elimination diet? So I set myself up for the best possible avenue to success. Yeah, no, th thanks for calling in. And you, by the way, you know, for people watching, you know, Josh also sent his question in that, and I looked at uh, ahead and read some of the stuff. There's some details you you, you didn't uh, explain here, and I think they're important. You're also finishing up an NBA at the moment. Oh, yeah. So I work 50 to 60 hours a week, my full-time job. Uh, three days of those, three days a week, I commute an hour and a half one way. Um, so those three days, I really just try to move a little bit, um, some mobility work, corrective work. Uh, the four days I'm home are the days that are my foundational days, and I also spend my weekends and kind of downtime working on my MBA program, uh, wrapping that up. It's one course right now, so it's not a whole lot of work, but it definitely adds to very high level of yeah. admittedly self-induced stress that I carry. Yeah. You also commented that you've got brain fog and that your energy's kind of low and you're noticing it's getting worse and worse. Um, question, did you, have you gone through SIBO testing just through the, for the gut stuff, just to get out of that, that out of the way? Uh, I have not yet. No. Okay. I would get tested for SIBO. Always see if you can rule that out only because it's relatively treatable and it can cause, um, lots of the gut issues that you're experiencing. But here's what really becomes evident to me right away. Just looking at your question, hearing you explain your past and what you're currently doing, you're doing too much. Uh, yeah. the, the inflammation that you're noticing in your gut, 
could also be caused by the fact that you're just chronically overtrained and just chronically and that combined with the brain fog and the lack of energy. Now, if if you do have SIBO, you could treat that. Typically, antibiotics will do it. There's even herbal antimicrobials that are, have been shown in studies to be just as effective. They just take a little longer. But if that's being ruled out, let's get you te you you get tested for SIBO. You don't have it, or you do have it, and then you you solve it, but then you still have these e issues. Um, and even if you didn't have Hello? those issues, can you hear me? There it is. Yep, you're back. Even if they can't, even if if you know uh, you, you solve it and you still have these issues, whatever, you're doing too much, man. This is a lot of of training. You're doing you know power lift plus you're running, plus you're trying to compete you know, complete an NBA. You're you're working like crazy. Those drives. You're you know all the things that you're telling me. Your symptoms scream too much. You're just doing way too much. So and and this is tough because especially for those of us that have been working out for a while. Uh, you know, we know what our body's done in the past and, you know, we can kind of skate by on this much volume and training and we think that's not the issue, but you would be surprised just how incredible the body responds sometimes when you go from doing too much to doing the right amount. And I would, I would go by cutting your, tr your training volume way down, especially with the amount of, you know, work that you're doing and the stress that you're under M maps, powerlift's already a decent amount of volume. It's a competitive program plus the run. It's just it's just too much, and you need to cut that down. Well, not even you, he didn't even ask that. He was asking a question related to calories and stuff too, which yeah. I would actually suggest if you're doing an elimination diet right now, you're not concerned really about eating in a surplus or a deficit. It's more about when you're when you're hungry, feed your feed your body, make whole food choices, stay within the parameters of the elimination diet. Don't add any more restrictions uh, to that. I mean, you've already got enough on your plate. Really, the idea of the elimination diet is to look for these these foods that could be uh, causing inflammation or any other issues going on in your gut. So there's no there's no real reason for you to now be trying to eat in some sort of a calorie surplus to gain or build. It would really be eat to to be satisfied. And then you also don't want to be in any sort of a dramatic cut or reduction because that could be the reason why you feel so good is because you're you're low calorie so much and you're not hitting you're not hitting your calorie yeah. intake. So I would I would eat when you're hungry and feed your body uh, when it tells you to. Just stay within those parameters in regards to talking about your nutrition question. And then I agree with Sal. You've just You've got a ton of stuff on your plate right now that someone like you, I would prefer if you were a client of mine, you were running something like MAPS Anabolic. Um, I think that that program is more conducive to uh, the type of a schedule that you have right now. And if you wanted to put some mobility work in there on trigger days, I think that would be fine, but that's more recuperative than it is getting after it. Yeah. I mean, you said, you're, you know, in your question, you're saying you've been consistent for 10 plus years and you used to run tons and tons of miles. Would people who know you, well, like your wife or your girlfriend or friends that have known you for a long time. If I were to ask them, do you think Josh is a fitness fanatic or overdoes it? What do you think they would say? Uh, I absolutely would. Yeah. In fact, it was my brother that really convinced me to ditch the bodybuilding six, seven days a week training and drop down to three or four. Yeah. yeah. So here's the, here's the problem or the challenge with, with people. And I'm, I'm like you, Josh, exactly like you. I, I love, exercise so much, especially the mental and psychological aspects. I want to do it all the time. The challenge is whenever something is wrong, what we tend to do is we tend to look everywhere else. So rather than like cutting my workout days down, like, well, maybe it's my diet. Maybe I need this supplement. Maybe I need to do this thing with, you know, for my gut health, or maybe I need to do this thing with my sleep. And I look at everything else besides the obvious thing that's in front of me, because God forbid, 
you know, I have to exercise any less. But just from reading your question and hearing what you're asking, that is like glaring. And I can yeah. say this because it's not me I'm talking about. It's talking about someone else. I'm talking about you. And it's to me, it seems very obvious you are throw you are yeah. oh, too much stress on your body, way too much stress. So you're doing all these things and you're doing an elimination diet at the same time. That's uh, yeah. Trying. What does that look trying like? Trying to tease out of what, the elimination uh, diet. Cutting out all the cutting out all cheeses, cutting out all gluten products, all dairy, basically all the fun foods. Have you stripped it down to like one thing and then kind of built? you know, reintroduced it back from there. Are you kind of like just taking out an offender, you know, uh, one by one, uh, just starting it. Um, I, I hadn't planned that far ahead yet. Uh, I was probably going to do just taking one thing out at a time. So I'm not taking everything out and then not sure what it is causing the issue, but trying to tease out one individual thing or a couple of things that are causing problems. Yeah. I just know that's, I mean, that's a tough thing to, compile all those things on top of, you know, just to be able to focus on that alone, it, you know, takes a lot of discipline and to be able to run it long enough uh, for you to really even know the difference uh, when you reintroduce these types of foods too, to, to be able to pay attention to that. So I would, you know, if that's your goal, I would center most your goal around that first identify, you know, what's really going on and go through the other protocol for SIBO and all those types of things, and then kind of get back uh, you know, and build on, you know, the, the training side a little bit more yeah. exclusively. I would love to see like a, a MAPS anabolic with a carnivore-esque type of diet. So a carnivore diet with maybe a few things that you know aren't going to be a problem, like maybe rice and maybe certain vegetables that you know that are well cooked. Like I do that, something like that diet wise, eat when I'm hungry, stay fed, um, and then running something like a MAPS anabolic. That's the direction yeah, I would go. Yeah, I follow, follow the guidance of the person you're working with who's an expert on nutrition. Um, ask them about SIBO testing. But with the workout, I would 100% back what Adam's saying. In fact, I would do the two foundational workouts a week, uh, MAPS anabolic, not the three. I would go for you, okay. two foundational workouts a week, that's it. Full body lifting. Um, you're going to, you can do your run. That's fine. Keep your run. So now you're working out three days a week on any other day. You want to be active mobility or yoga or stretching stuff like that. All re re kind of recovery based type of yeah, stuff. Good walks. And, and don't be surprised, Josh, if you do this and you get stronger within two weeks. Okay. So that's a good sign. If you do this, you back out and within two or three weeks, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much stronger in the gym. You know that you're on uh, the right track. But I would do that to begin with. You're just, there's so much being thrown at your body. Um, and it's kind of, you're, it's sending you a lot of signals saying that you're doing too much. Don't keep going and, and don't wait for a louder signal because louder signals are coming if I'm indeed right. And I think I am. So I would go. And do you have MAPS Anabolic, by the way? Uh, I do actually, right. yeah. All right, let's that go that. First one I got. Let's go that route. Two foundational workouts uh, a week with the, with your run, and then if you're not in our forum, we'll let you in the private forum. I'd like to just, I'd love for you to give us some updates on how everything's going. No, I am actually perfect. Um, I knew I recognized you. Legitimately, like I, I don't, I, I wasn't calling to get anything. I, I've got all the programs. I'm in the forum. Been around for a while. I knew uh, I knew I recognized your name, Josh. I've, I've seen you in the forums. Yeah. yeah, when I saw your name, I, okay, cool, perfect. Give us some updates of what's going on within within two to four weeks of following this protocol. You should start to notice some improvements, at least in how you feel. I will, and if you allow me, I got to shout out my brother real quick. No problem. Uh, he it was actually he he was on a live Q and A in February with you guys 
didn't shout me out and little <laughs> turd i'm the one that got him into my mom in the first place <laughs> hey, i just wanted to give first. him a quick shout out hey spencer <laughs> all right no problem thanks for calling in josh thanks josh thanks guys hey y'all have a good day now you all too. right yeah that's the that's the challenge it's like i'll do everything but work out less you know and i right. know i identify with that i know exactly what that feels like i just recently cut my training down from six days a week, which I've done forever down to five and voila, the inflammation I had in my joints started to go away. But it's like, you don't want to kind of face that. But with, especially with everything he's doing with the work and the, you well, know, he's just all fighting so much stress internally. It's yeah. like, you got to start really like shaving some of that back. And I know it's tough to do when you're so, um, you get so much benefit from moving around all the time and like having a consistent routine and, you know, to tell somebody that's always a challenge. Well, it seems so counterintuitive when you think about it. I mean, you think exercise, you think healthy. So when people think like, oh, I'm not feeling good. I got issues. Oh, exercise more, do more. It'll help me out. But yeah, when I saw the list of all the things he's got going on, I'm like, yeah. oh man. And then on top of Give that, a break. to do a uh, to run a quote unquote diet is not ideal in a situation like this too. Like if you're over, you're severely overtraining, you got high levels of stress, and then you're thinking about either calorie restricting or major surplus of calories, just not ideal. Eat when you're yeah. eat when you're hungry and satisfied. I love the idea of a elimination diet, but not doing it with the intent of trying to lose weight or gain weight. Yeah, but right. to the as far as the health is concerned, if people only realize that chronic overtraining is almost as bad for you as not working out. I mean, you look at the studies on people who are chronic, you know that like high like high level athletes like endurance runners, their lifespans are not very good mm -hmm. because chronic overtraining, that oxidative stress on the body, not allowing your body to adapt to it, it's like getting out in the sun and getting too much sunburn. You don't let your body get a tan, you burn your skin, what do you end up with, right? Uh, cancer. So you got to train appropriately, and that's uh, that's a lesson I also have to you know constantly teach myself. But it's easier to see in other people. Our next caller is Dalton from California. Hey, what's up, Dalton? How can we help you? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, good to talk to you. Um, I had a couple questions about the uh, Maps Performance um, Program. Uh, for to give you a little background, um, I've been lifting for a long time. Um, and then I recently started pro uh, following you guys, followed Anabolic, and uh, got a lot of gains from that, um, lagging body parts caught up, and now I'm doing MAPS Performance. Um, I'm also doing the pre-prime and post-prime. And then we asked the, the cool Sorry, guys, I'm on the road. Um, so we stopped at Starbucks to talk to you. Um, <laughs> and I'm also doing uh, the fortification sessions for Zone 1 and Zone 2. Um, and I'm also on top of that, trying to do no, no BS six pack, um, and practicing pull-ups, flat bench and squats. Um, but my question basically is, uh, for maps performance, um, when, when the uh, program doesn't specify each side for, um, single arm or unilateral movements, um, should I be doing, um, the, the given rep range like for both, or should I be doing, um, like that total amount of reps. Okay. Good, good question. People ask this all the time. Yep. So, um, you can do, you're supposed to do this, the, those amount of reps per side. Now, when I look at the question that you wrote in, one of the things that you had said also was it felt like it might be too much for you or feel like you're kind of overdoing it a little bit. Uh, is that Sometimes correct? It, 
it just seems like it takes a long time or, or is a lot. So I was just wondering if I was doing that right. Yeah, you are. If you're doing those, the, the, you want to do the total reps is that's per side. Now, okay. uh, how is your progress? Cause you're doing a lot of stuff all at once. And that, if that feels like most people would be overtraining. Um, sometimes it feels like I am, especially when I get a little excited when I'm practicing and I do a little too much. And sometimes I come into my foundational days sore. Um, so then I have to pull back a little bit. Um, but that's, that's about it. Otherwise I feel really good. Okay. Mm. If you feel really good, then you're doing okay. If you see yourself performing and your performance improving, um, then you're doing pretty good, but definitely listen to your body. And this is just a, this is for anybody who's listening. We write these programs as guidelines. They're not hard and fast rules. At the end of the day, you got to listen to your body. Cause if I trained a client with maps performance, I would modify it according to the person and how their body responded. So if something is feels like too much, it probably is, especially someone like you, you sound like you've, you've worked out for a little while and you're pretty consistent. I, you don't sound like somebody who's always looking for a reason to do, to do less. It sounds like you might be someone who might err on the side of more, in, wh in which case I'd say, listen to your body. Uh, mm -hmm. If you feel like you're doing too much, you probably are. Well, yeah, and just to kind of clarify, just so everybody you know can hear like w what our thought process was with you know a higher amount of reps and like sort of the volume being up high in that you know, like zone or, uh, uh, you know, phase two, for instance, we're trying to introduce a lot of like brand new movements to people. And so, uh, to be able to practice these movements, uh, we wanted to make sure that, you know, you had an opportunity to, um, basically get a lot of practice with that. And so, uh, a lot of people have realized that, you know, that is a, a substantial amount of volume for something you might not be familiar with. Whereas somebody that's familiar lunging, quite a bit, you know, it's a piece of cake for them. So I've gotten both sort of comments, uh, you know, in, in regard to the amount of reps and, and what that's entailed. But uh, honestly, we just, we, we try to prescribe it. So uh, it, it's a way for you to really uh, adapt and, and to be able to respond appropriately to multi-planes uh, and, and establish that strength. Well, it, it's a way, it's a way for us to force clients to lighten the load. Right. So we, we knew by doing like, and it's normally the, the one that I think everybody is always asking about is the lunge matrix. Yeah. The lunge matrix is the one that everybody's like, holy shit, that's so many reps per side. Are you sure this is written correct? <laughs> and so yeah. we get, we get that a lot, but is this, cause to me, it sounds like that was just kind of your, your main question was, you know, am I doing it cor correctly? I think you are, you're fine. I don't know if you were asking what Sal was kind of alluding to, which is, you know, maybe too much training volume. I think it was just, am I doing the program right? Is there another question that you have in regards to what you're doing right now? Cause I, it seems like that was a pretty Pretty basic question. Um, yeah, I guess I was just wondering if uh, if I was doing too much and if if I was programming correctly because I've really bought in and tried to do it, follow your programs as much as accurately as uh, as I can, and I've seen good results from that. Yeah, so, yeah. I think and I think Sal said it. Where if you're seeing progress, like if your your pull ups are getting better, your flat bench is getting better. Um, you feel like you're getting stronger. That's such a great indicator that you're probably not overdoing it. You're just mm -hmm. fine. I think that the fact that you're already aware that some days you come into foundational days, you're a little sore. And so you adjust and back off. 
I mean, I think that's great. I think that you get the concept and you understand that that's not a good thing to come in super sore every foundational workout. But let me tell you, that's inevitable. I don't care how many programs I've written, how long I've been doing this for. I still overreach uh, and and have those workouts where I go, damn it, I did more than I needed to. Next time I'll back off a little bit. And you just get better and better at that the more you practice. And the fact that you're aware of that and you're paying attention to that, it sounds like you're on the right track, man. Okay, sounds good. Uh, my other question um, was I was wondering if it, it's okay to take a day off to um, like test strength gains and, and lift heavy, or would you recommend doing that at the end of the program? I mean, if it's really important to you to see how strong you are, you could do that. Um, it's not that big of a deal. I, honestly, I think the people who should, who should do that are people who are competing in strength-type sports where they need to know kind of what their, what their limits are so they could train uh, in terms of percentages – but honestly, it's not that important. Now, if it's something you really enjoy and you really want to do it, then yeah, I would take some time off uh, for testing you know, those maxes. But ideally, you'd want to wait till the end. Okay, sounds great. All and right. then um, I was wondering if you had any recommendations for me to move forward. Um, and during anabolic, I missed a week because I was sick. And then um, two weeks later on, because I was in Kauai, during that time, I did MAPS um, suspension. Um, so I was wondering if I should go back to anabolic um, or I was considering going to something like power lift or aesthetic. Typically, the, the best uh, the best route with the order of the programs is MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and then MAPS Aesthetic. So if you've already done MAPS Anabolic, you're finishing MAPS Performance, go into MAPS Aesthetic. We, and then we, power lift would follow that. After power that. lift would be good after that, or strong would be good after that. Um, but, the, I mean, we wrote the first three. Those are like the base foundational programs and we wrote them specifically to be followed that way that would be like an ideal ideal way to follow those so i would go aesthetic if you're kind of trying okay. to figure out what to follow next all right sounds great yeah all right and man my Do wife you and i have been following your programs and, and we love it Excellent. and um i've found more consistency and enjoyment out of my uh, uh programming and working out so i just want to um, tell you guys that you know we appreciate you hell yeah so, man thank awesome. you we appreciate you guys do you have maps aesthetic by the way uh i don't know we'll send that over to you Okay, thanks, guys. So no problem, much. brother. Appreciate it. Thank I you. Don't, I don't. All right, see you guys. Yeah, so rule number one is trust our programs. Follow the programs, trust the programming. Rule number two, break rule number one if your body's telling you otherwise. Yeah. There, there is no other better coach than the signals that your body will tell you. Listen to your body. You got to listen to your body because I don't care who, look, I don't, I, I've, this is what you do as a trainer. When I train clients, I have a great idea of what I want to do with them. And Whoa. these are people I train regularly. So I know what yeah. their bodies are doing. I will change it on the dime. There's always a framework yes. there, you know, to, to utilize, but at the same time, it changes so much, uh, even day to day to where you just really have to listen to what your body's telling you. Uh, and in terms of intensity, volume, all those things, you got to consider, you know, what state your body's in. Uh, he sounds like he's doing great to me. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the stuff that he's doing, the choices that he's added. It sounds kind of like a lot, but it's not like, I mean, he's, he's trying to get better at his bench. Well, the bench is inside the programs, right? So it's not like he's doing the programs. Plus he's doing all this extra benching or something. And yeah. the priming and fortification sessions are designed to complement all programs. He's doing the no BS six pack abs, which could be a standalone program itself but it also can be integrated into all yeah of you replace the core work with it yeah so he really i mean and then the fact that he already is aware of times that when he shows up to a foundational day there's a little a little mm -hmm. sore from the previous one and he overreached so he backs off i i think he's doing great he's man. just maximizing his maps usage yeah, That's yeah, all. yeah, yeah. no totally he's our next caller is lily from california 
Hey, Lily, how can we help you? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Of course. So, okay, so here's um, my my question. I've been working out since 2016, 2015, actually. I started to work out because I wanted to lose some weight and I wanted to gain muscle. And that when the pandemic hit, uh, we started wearing masks at, um, you know, in the gyms and stuff. And I wouldn't feel good in the gym. So I decided to take my workouts, you know, to do them at home. But for since 2015, um, 2016, until the pandemic started, I had been in a place where we did a lot of cardio, tons and tons of cardio. Everything was every minute on the minute or as many reps as, uh, you know, reps as possible. So I did like all of those years of of just that, you know, and kettle work, but uh, kettlebell work, but everything was fast paced, really super fast paced. We would sweat a lot and that was it. Then we went to barbells, but in the barbells, we would do the same thing. It was how many reps can you do in a minute of, um, you know, like uh, push-ups or press-ups or, you know, um, anything, you name it with the, with the barbell, we would do it, but we would do it at a super fast pace. So then somebody told me about you guys and I, um, I started listening to you guys and I started hearing you guys talk about how uh, that was the wrong way to do it because you never build muscle that way. You're kind of just burning it. You're kind of just losing it anyway. So I started working out and I've got your programs and um, I'm happy to say that I have gained some muscle and I have uh, seen differences in my body and I feel a hundred times better than I did when I was doing all that cardio and just exhausting myself. And so I want to say thank you for that um, so much. I, um, I started doing the weight training, the resistance training. I am right now at 49 years old. And I'm 126 pounds. I'm 5'1", so I'm not, you know, I'm pretty short. Um, I did lose some weight uh, with the resistance training, but it seems like I'm stuck. And I'm, you know, I my question, I guess, would be uh, since I'm in menopause, I'm full on menopause, okay? And I do have um, Graves' disease, which makes my metabolism work a little overtime. Um, so my question is, how do I... At this stage in my life, I, I repent that not having uh, to I'm not having learned how to do resistance training earlier because I would have loved to start it earlier. Uh, but now I'm 49 years old and I'm afraid that I'm going to lose all of my the muscle that I've been working so hard to 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 build. I want to build muscle, but I also want to keep it because I feel like every time I I gain it, it just kind of goes down the drain. And then I'm working like uphill o- over that. And I'm afraid that I'm you know, that I'm not going to be able to build um, strong muscles or that my bone density um, with age is going to, I'm going to lack bone density. So I've been doing the performance, MAPS hits. I did the seven-day workout that you guys put online, which was awesome. I loved it. And I love every single program that I've done with you guys. I'm hooked on it. I'm just addicted to it. And I've started recently, maybe about two to three days ago, I started MAPS Aesthetics. And so I'm wondering if that's the right program for me. And I'm right now at 1,300 calories. So I kind of been cutting for a while, but I don't see like a, my fat going away. Lily, Lily, let me, I, you have, you, we see, you have plenty of information for us right now to help you out. And the, the, what I'm excited about this question or to help you and answer here is the irony is the programs that you selected of ours are in the complete backwards order of what I would have you do them at. 
So you gravitated towards the things that are most closely like the way that you've trained in the past. You went to the seven-day-a-week, you did the MAPS hit, you did the performance, and then the the lightest one of volume of all the ones you did is the MAPS aesthetic, which a perfect place for someone like you would be actually more like anabolic two days a week strength training and trying to build your metabolism back up. That's and I'm sure that's where both my partners are, are going to push you at because looking at every your your past, your background, where your body's at currently right now, uh, you need to go, you want to go in the complete opposite and you kind of started to go that direction. But the programs you're doing or that you've done of ours already are still more volume that I'd want you training. I'd actually want you training less frequently and less volume. Yeah, mm -hmm. MAPS Anabolic will blow your mind, Willie. I'm telling you, if, if you follow MAPS Anabolic, do the two foundational workouts, do the trigger sessions on the off days, and then you can stay active the rest of the days if you want to walk, do some stretching. That'll be fine as well. It'll blow your mind. Um, now, I do have a, a question in, in regards to your your hyperthyroid issue and menopause. Are you working with a hormone specialist? Is there someone that you're working with that's kind of controlling this? Uh, no, I'm kind of taking over the counter stuff that my doctor has prescribed. For the hyperthyroid, I do work with, um, uh, with an endocrinologist, and she does have me on some meds to control that because uh, it's been really out of control. So she does have me on that, but on over-the-counter um, hormones, you know, progesterone, yeah. estrogen. Yeah, so hyperthyroid can be an interesting uh, situation, right? Because it, it can make your it almost puts your body under a bit more stress mm -hmm. yeah. than the now. Normally, you would burn a lot more calories. You're only at thirteen hundred calories, which that, and combined with your your hyperthyroid, tells me that you've you've probably beat your body up too much for too long. So maps maps anabolic is going to be uh, tremendous, and it might actually even balance out your thyroid a little bit. Uh, I know with people in, in the past that I've worked with hyperthyroid we would put more stress on them, their, their thyroid would get even worse. Um, now, here's the here's the thing I'm going to recommend. Now, I don't know who you're working with. They're an expert, which is great. We found some really good hormone specialists mm -hmm. that will do, uh, they'll go over your current protocol and do an assessment for you. You don't have to work with them all the time, but they will assess what you're currently doing. And I've had people go there and come back and say, wow, they, you know, they changed a few things and I felt a big difference. So I'm going to recommend that you go to mphormones.com and just you know inquire and see if an assessment would be beneficial. They'll go through your whole protocol. They'll do a blood test and see if there's something that they want to change because that that's a that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. But as yeah. far as the workouts are concerned, maps anabolic all the way. Two days a week foundational trigger sessions on the off days, and if you want to be active uh, during the week, I would do walking or stretching yeah. or mobility work, but no additional workouts. And you should see significant changes in your body from doing that. So you felt a big difference from going from the crazy cardio to yeah. MAPS hit. Well, <laughs> it'll be a bigger difference going from what you're doing now to MAPS anabolic. Because I, I think that's the most appropriate workout for you right yeah, now. The hardest thing is the mental discipline of uh, knowing that recovery is a massive part of this entire process. Uh, for you. And so to, to be able to take those trigger session days, like in between maps anabolic is going to be huge. Cause That's hard. yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. You don't want to go too intense with it. This is a mistake I made uh, the first time I ran the, the, um, you know, the program myself in taking that as, well, this is a rubber band workout that I have to go crazy <laughs> with. Uh, and no, this is really just about you moving and, and getting active recovery, uh, and really being able to, you know, get that kind of muscle pump 
pump and, and contraction, but uh, this is this is to charge you up basically into the next workout that you're going to have, you know, preceding that. So um, treat your body like, uh, you know, like like your friend. Like you you want to make sure that you're recovering fully, so that way, you know, you you get all the benefit of gaining muscle that you're seeking. Yeah, right? and, and, and Lily, uh, you know, if you really just love the mental effects of exercise and you want to do more because you might want to, you might find yourself trigger sessions, not enough. I want well, to do I'm, something. Well, I'm doing your programs and I'm doing them five days a week and I'm doing it like with the rest periods. And I'm like, this is like an hour and 30 minutes. I'm doing them five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no. So maps anabolic, you're going to have way less time in the gym, but if you find on those off days, you want to do something else, I think yin yoga would be amazing for you. I, I I think yoga in general would be great for you, but you probably would gravitate towards power yoga. Don't do that. Yin yoga, the calming, slow, relaxing kind of aspect, that'll have, I think, a, a yeah. beneficial effect for you. You need to move. I mean, that's that's obvious, but make sure it's like restorative focus to that. So yes. yeah, it's that's a, that's a good recommendation. I would take your recommendation even farther, Lily, and tell you that I would love to see you do anabolic with two foundational days, go through the entire program, add the, the yoga in there once a week that Sal's talking about, and then actually do the program again, and that time is when I would allow you to go to three days a week. So I'd want you to go all the way through it running the two foundational days, and then we'd run it back a second time with you running three foundational days. And then after you finish that, I would allow you to go yeah. to the MAPS performance. You, you should see some pretty significant strength gains. So that's what you'll notice. You, you'll go through the program, and within the first couple weeks, you're just getting stronger. Very good sign if that happens, which it probably will. Wow, that's that's because I did. You guys hit it on the, the nail on the head because I did start like with the fastest, strongest thing I could. Yep. So thank you so much for redirecting me because now I, I'm I'm sure I'm going to see changes that yes. I'm probably not even expecting to see. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Mm -hmm. Do you have Maps Anabolic, by the way? No. Well, uh -uh. we'll send it right over to you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate everything you do for people. Thanks. Oh, thank awesome. you. We appreciate thank you. Good day. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. So it's so great, um, you know, when we do stuff like, and I, you know, I remember when we actually did the seven day a week uh, um, yeah. episode. We're like watch all the, all the people yeah. that shouldn't do this are going to want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the things off air, we all kind of joked is we all said that, you know, watch, we're, we're going to do this seven day a week and all the people that we probably wouldn't recommend to do it would do it. And it's just, you are, you're, it's so hard when you've trained like this, right? Like she has where it's, circuit-based class, right? So this is the Orange Theory F45 CrossFit-esque type of high-intensity nonstop. That, and people love it because they feel amazing after. The adrenaline's through the roof mm -hmm. and the cortisol gets released and they feel so good afterwards and they stick and they sweat and so they feel like they're so productive. And then to take that person and go, oh, someone, let's get maps, that she literally went in the reverse order of what I would allow her to do. It's I like know. all the the biggest volume, highest intensity mm -hmm. <laughs> programs we have. When it, and, and there's nothing wrong with her getting to that place, but I mean, we wrote them with this idea that you start in this on this other end of the spectrum. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I'm really curious about. I hope she goes to mphormones.com and gets an assessment because- yeah. You know, you think you go to one hormone doctor that it's going to be the same as going to another one. Nothing could be further from the truth. It, it, you know, these places have been trying to get us to work with them for so long. We say no to, we said no so many times because we see what they do and it's like, oh, this doesn't, 
I don't think they're doing things right. Well, it, there's a huge difference when you go to a place where they really understand how to work with athletes. They understand how to work not just with what the numbers are supposed to say, but the right. symptoms. Not just baseline, like finding your way back to well, the optimal. It makes a huge yes. Yes. Trying health. to optimize yeah. is what I love about Rand. And quality versus, of life. You yeah, because a, a general practitioner, you know, nine times out of ten, they're looking at the numbers and just like, oh, you're not you're in, within range. You're not yeah. dangerous. This isn't in any we'll danger. Bring you back yeah, up. You're not going to die anytime soon. And so there's nothing that we're concerned about as far as danger wise. But as far as feeling good and optimizing yourself, I mean, they they don't focus on that at all. Our next caller is Pierre from Canada. Hey Pierre, how can we help you? Uh, hi guys. Uh, so I've been uh, training full body for the last uh, few months, and I've seen some growth in my calves for the first time and I've been doing uh, full body two, three times a week and I've been doing uh, kind of tr trigger sessions on the off days where I would always do calf raises. But now since for the last few months, I've also had pain in my left, uh, my left foot and the ball of my foot. I'm guessing possibly metatarsalgia if I'm pronouncing that correctly which kind of aggravates my foot. Usually I've been able to do calf raises anyways and just kind of push through the pain, but I'm never, uh, I've never been able to properly recover and it still kind of hurts every so often. So I don't want to have chicken legs and I do want my calves to keep growing. So is there something I can do an alternate to calf raises to train my train my calves yeah we we, we first we need to uh, solve this issue because if you just keep pushing through it's going to get uh, worse and worse so there's a couple things you can look at one is to to look and see if you can work on the fascia on the bottom of your foot yeah, so lacrosse ball yeah so you can get like a lacrosse ball or a baseball like a hard small ball of some sort and you kind of roll it under your foot especially in the arch of the foot and loosen up kind of the muscles and the fascia there. So that's one thing you could do. We sell those at mindpumpstore.com. We have them there. Okay, yeah. perfect. So so focus on that. The second thing I would do is I would work on the articulation of your toes. Do you have MAPS Prime Pro by any chance? I do not. Okay, so we have some movements in there. We'll send that over to you. But like there's toe piano would be a good one just to get the articulation of the toes. And then I would work on the tibialis muscle, which is the muscle on the shin. So rather than doing like a, where you lift your heel off the ground, what you're doing is you're standing on your heels and you're lifting the top of your foot off the ground, literally working the opposite side uh, of your shin. So the calf is on the back, the tibialis is on the front. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes pain in the foot or in the shin or tends to be an imbalance between the calf and the tibialis. So I'd start strengthening the tibialis to see if that makes a difference. And then I would lay off calf raises just for a little while, or at least not do trigger sessions for the calves to allow that to heal a little bit because it sounds like it's already you know a bit of an issue. Pierre, have you um, have you played with uh, BFR training at all? Uh, BFR training, sorry. Yeah. yeah, blood flow restriction. Sorry, say again. So uh, BFR training, blood flow restriction. That's what that is. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, I have no. I've never tried that before. So this this would be this would be a great supplemental thing that I would I would add into what you're doing. So uh, maybe it is to Sal's point that you've just got overdoing it a little bit, and one of the ways you can back off is by backing off with BFR. So BFR, and we actually have a guide on this. So when we send over the Prime Pro, Doug can send over the BFR guide for you also. Um, and it teaches you how to do that. You use like, uh, you know, 
eighty percent less of the load, so there's not a lot. Of, there's not going to be a lot of stress on the feet while you do it, and it's going to give a give your calves a massive pump, and it will stimulate some growth. So it's a great way to complement my calf training, especially if I'm noticing that I'm getting like stuff my shins or my feet are bothering me because I'm probably mm -hmm. hitting them so hard too often. One of the ways that I can back off with, and still train them is to introduce BFR training once or twice a week instead of regular loaded training. Okay. So that sounds great. Yeah, I'd, I'd add that. But I definitely think that the the number one place is that lacrosse ball first. I've had similar uh I've I've felt this like what I think you're describing. Um and one of the ways that I would prime before I start my workout is doing the stuff from Prime Pro that Sal's talking about and then doing the lacrosse ball and rolling your foot over there and I believe we have a YouTube video on that. I think I've done the YouTube video on that one on our Mind Pump TV. Yeah, so you want to basically work on the muscles of the foot, mm -hmm. right? And just on getting them connected and getting them a little stronger. So like there's toe piano is one movement in Prime Pro. Short foot Short is foot, another movement. Squats. Yeah, yeah. You, you just want to kind of strengthen the foot a little bit because you're working your calf. So, you know, you think of the foot and you think of it as just an extension of the calf. But the foot is covered in muscles on the bottom, and you start strengthening the calf muscle. But if you have an imbalance with the muscles of the foot, then you're going to start to run into some problems. Most people get pain in the arch of their foot, but sometimes you see it in the ball of the foot as well. Mm -hmm. And it's just—it's usually just an imbalance, and you need to kind of back off and strengthen the foot a little bit before you bet you move back into calf raises. Okay. All right. All right, Sounds man. Great. Well, thanks for calling in. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. No, nobody ever thinks of that, right? They never yeah. think of the, the the foot or even the hands having tons of muscles, right? We think oh, of yeah. the calves, maybe the forearms, but you know, the I mean, if you look at an anatomy picture of the bottom of a foot, it is covered in muscle. Yeah. It's completely covered in muscle. Well, you know, have you ever seen those sandals too that have the little prongs yeah. on them? And so it's just, that's just another way that like it shows you how much more you can stimulate the bottom of your feet and get them to respond. But then to take that to the next level, what we have in Prime Pro, we have so many different movements specifically for the foot and the ankle, you know, that just need some attention and, and really to, to devote time to that is going to help a lot. Yeah. This screams to me like underdeveloped muscles in your feet and then overdoing your calf raises. Mm -hmm. So waking them up with a lacrosse ball. I mean, I would love to see the, let's see him do some like barefoot training or incorporating that. Like, I don't know what level he's at, so I wouldn't go right. from maybe nothing to all. Might sudden, be too much now. Yeah. Right? It might be too much. So maybe start this, like he should start with some barefoot walking around and stuff doing starting to incorporate with barefoot training I think would help him out but I, I think Sal you hit it on the head with the lacrosse ball and then prime pro stuff I think that I think what he feels right now is he's trying to hit his calves all the time like crazy and he has weak ass feet yeah. so that's his yeah. limiting factor is his feet are weak he has a poor connection there address that get stronger feet and then the calves will come up in the meantime the BFR training is a nice segue as he backs off the, the heavy loading all the time, he could still keep up the frequency with the with the BFR while he also addresses his weak feet. Right. Look, if you like our information, head over to mindpumpfree.com. We have a lot, a lot of guides there that can help you build muscle or burn body fat or just improve your health. Again, it's mindpumpfree.com. You can also find all of us on Instagram. So Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. I'm at Mind Pump Sal. And Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. 
The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.